Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. We have reached the end of a very strange season. The summer 2020 anime season is over. And it's time for us to do our our final thoughts. You know, we've kind of talked about at length how it's been very weird with the, all the delays and postponements and shows popping back up when out of nowhere in the middle of the season. You know, whatever Netflix is doing. If I can get a thanks Netflix on that one, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Hopefully this will all just be a footnote in history and we will be able to someday tell our grandkids how anime was made in the COVID era. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, with with next season looking like another full, full plate of shows again. But uh, that does leave us with a couple things still left to talk about on this episode, for better or worse. <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast uh, all this season, you'll probably know what, what, uh, <laughs> what shows are going to be the better and what shows are going to be the worse. But um, before we get into it, let's just introduce everybody. I'm Jell. I am joined by Iro. Still here. Not dead yet. Still with us. I'm joined by G. What's good, y'all? And this week, uh, we have Artemis back with us. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, so, um, like I said, there's... Still quite a few shows for us to talk about. I think we will have some interesting things to say on some of these. And uh, we'll probably start with a couple of the the Netflix curveballs that we were talking about. Um, We've been in and out of talking about Great Pretender all season because it was kind of part of last season. It was kind of part of this season. And, I mean, technically it could be part of next season considering they just dropped the final eight episodes like three days ago or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, it's uh, going gonna, gonna to be, a, for better or worse, uh, Grey Pretender will be a fall 2020 anime, <laughs> for me at least. So. Yes, for, for a lot of us. Uh, I know I haven't had a chance to watch any of it, but Ar- Artemis, did you watch all of it or just I did, some of I it? I binge-watched it. Oh. You gotta, yep. gotta respect that. that editorial acumen. Oh, okay. Watching watching sure, the anime sure. so you that's, can that's why I did it for you. Deliver guys. the takes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your service. Uh yeah, so I guess we'll we'll keep to a, a minimum any real information on I'll, it, I'll but keep it I'll keep anything I say spoiler free. As as an overall impression and, and this is the this is the end of the series, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, that's it. Okay. And what 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 was your overall impressions of the I guess feelings about the the end of it? Um, I I was worried going into the last arc because I didn't necessarily think the first couple of episodes were not they weren't bad, but I I wouldn't say brilliant either. Hmm. But I think it got stronger again towards the end, and I was reasonably happy when it was finished. Okay, well, that's good to what hear. Did I, I guess. Uh, yeah. You weren't with us on the last arc. What, what, what did you think? Because you said you had concerns going in, as we all currently do. Yeah. <laughs> <waiting> to... <laughs> well, I think because part of the reason, honestly, the, the very first story arc was just so good mm-hmm. yeah. that anything that came after had some really big shoes to fill. Right. And I just, I didn't think that any of the following arcs quite managed to fill them. 
I, I um, think that's a reasonable statement. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it really does feel like they, you know, to to use the to use the metaphors, they really put it out, put it all out in the field in the first arc. You know, that yeah, was definitely the I one respect. where. Yeah, which I respect. Like I I I also like it when anime does not hold its punches like that. Like that's you know bold move. But it definitely um, does leave it a little like less impressive when it doesn't do the same in the yeah following. when it's just not when it's you know like less than perfect it's right. just like oh suddenly it's gone downhill which is a, li- a little unfair but you know i mean, I, mean right. I think the thing we're all we've all been saying this whole time is like great pretender is still a, a pretty good show you know no matter what like whatever yeah. quibbles we may have with it it's it's you know it, it's all fairly minor in the in the face of a show that i think we all I, generally like to 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 varying degrees i think Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. What what is the what is the the big location for the the ending? Is it is it one location again, or is it kind um, of all it, more it of the place? It bounces between um, Japan and China hmm. um, because there's like a, a rival, a few rivals, um, and it sort of switches POV. So okay. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's not just we're hanging out in one city like the yeah, other. Yeah, we're hanging out in, in actually quite a few uh, different locations. So. All right. Well, that'll give us uh, something to look forward to as we deal with the disappointment of, of next season. <laughs> a, a crutch yeah. to bring us through the fall season. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think in general you can you can rest assured that you'll leave on a... Positive note. On a, yeah, on a pretty, a pretty positive note. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. You, you guys might have the complete opposite reaction to me for all I know, but... Uh, Possible. I was, I was, I was happy. Well, I feel like we've all been kind of on the same page for the most part with the show up to now, so we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But um, not too much more we can say at this point without getting into details. <laughs> yeah, I so mean, with we'll, yeah. The, the, the remaining three of us haven't even watched one episode yeah, we'll, of the new I'll, arc. We'll, we'll <laughs> save that no for, <laughs> for future podcast episodes. I shall say no more, yes. And, um, well, let's get the other... Netflix thing from this yeah. past season out of the way. That Netflix <laughs> thing. So, yeah. uh, you, Iro and G, you finished Japan Sinks 2020. To we recap, sure did. Artemis finished it a long time ago and did. did not think highly of it, to say the least. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> now that least. you, now that you guys have wrapped on it, what are you? How are how are you feeling at the end here? It's it's, uh, it's kind of a fucking mess. Yeah, that's that's definitely the way, the way to put it. Um, I I will be one hundred percent honest, uh, Artemis. I I did not have a good time with Japan Sinks, but <laughs> there was nothing about it that like I would say offended me so deeply that I got actively angry at it. That's because it was... you spread it out over several weeks. <laughs> yeah, spread it out I over mean, two days. Well, maybe that's <laughs> that. That was the key to enjo- to, to 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 living with Japan Sinks twenty twenty. <laughs> Is to kind of Watching spread it, it out gradually, so your IQ doesn't go down steeply. All yeah, once. yeah. Because mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it takes a very specific type of sensibility to actively make me angry with mm-hmm. anime. Like great examples of that would be, say, Gundam Seed or All Noah Zero. But 
So maybe it's just bad mecha anime <laughs> that like makes me angry. Maybe it's just that I don't have stakes in Japan Sinks because there isn't a robot in it. But like to be, to be clear, I I wasn't angry because Japan Sinks was bad. I was angry because the first episode of Japan Sinks was good. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And then the rest was shit. Like, <laughs> I guess you yeah, like, got more yeah. and more shit the further you went along. You know what? I guess that may, does make sense if you binge watched Japan Sinks. That means that the first episode is more recent in your memory. Whereas Eero right. and I, because we watched it over the course of like two months, by the time we got to the end, the 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 good feelings of the first episode were so distant long, that long since faded from yeah. <laughs> right. all living memory. Yes. It never felt like a betrayal uh, anymore. <laughs> I'm definitely curious, because uh, <clears throat> especially the last episode, oh dude, it might as well have been like screaming from the heavens, "Welcome to the 2020 Olympics!" <laughs> oh yeah, look dude. how great Japan is, dude. The more like the more like I thought about the context of when which this anime came out, I was like, you know, like <laughs> here's the thing, I can't say I know Yuasa as a person, but. Based on his past work, especially Devilman Crybaby, he doesn't give me the vibe that he's one of those, like, nationalist kind of dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there are definitely anime works where you kind of watch it and you're like... Uh, Don't know about this guy. What does this guy have to say about, you know, comfort women or something? Right. You know? like, <laughs> what, what, was that, what was that show, Gate? Gate, right? Like, uh oh, this guy might have some bad, bad takes on I mean, on on remilitarization. Nothing, yeah. nothing else. Japan be... sinks has the like ultranationalist people show up and instantly explode. Right. So I don't think Yuasa <laughs> is that kind of dude. But there's definitely aspects of that last episode that were a little bit like, see, guys, Japan is great. Be, you know, to be like, fair, like I was, I was in Japan when that, like, when it was confirmed that Japan would host. Uh-huh. And it was like it it wasn't a nationalist thing, it was just a Olympics fever thing. Oh sure, right. maybe that's point, that's all to there the is. The point to where it. when the new elementary school textbooks came out that I was teaching, it was the whole thing was based on the Olympics. Jesus. <laughs> oh man, that's Yeah. Well, I'm glad there's one nation left on the planet that can still get excited about the Olympics, <laughs> but <laughs> So yeah, was I... that was that the ending? Like they were still going to do the Olympics anyway, or no, something? Well, or, no, no, so not that. The end. The end is after it, they go it was to. Like a, like, how, it was like a how many years time skip was it's it? Like, like fifteen years, uh, ten years, yeah. something. Like anyway, that. but we last left off with them uh, floating the ocean, basically. Yeah, uh, and so they uh, somehow meet back up with the rest of the crew. Uh, with a boat, and they go to the scientist's secret cave where he has the hard drive. Oh, I'm sorry, a boat? Are you missing the part where you was an APC? comes with a legit fucking tank? Oh god, tank? you're right. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was an, it was an amphibious tank, that, I guess yes. Just those YouTube connections of his are really Which, paying off, huh? Yeah. Again, uh, it's like, I mean, I won't lie, the more and more absurd this show became, the more I was like, you know what? <laughs> Kite might actually be the best character in no, this. No, no, like, where did he get the tank from? Did he, did right? He, did he give, like, a reason for having... Did he just no, provide the nearest great. army base like, and be like, hey, I'm a famous it. YouTuber, yeah. well, you might know me. Like, the more and more... Like, at first I was like, oh my god, this fucking YouTuber, like, I can't stand this guy. But then the worse and worse right, the like, show got... You're, like, filming something at a park and then PewDiePie comes with a B2 bomber or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, and it's like... And see, that's the thing, at first... 
In a normal Yuasa show, I would have hated that, but because every other character became so exasperating to deal with, the YouTuber with the magical phone be became my favorite character because he just seemed to, like, not give nearly as much of a fuck as everybody else. Right. Anyway, but they, they have to retrieve the, the scientists' research, the research that will save Japan! If we can just retrieve this research, Japan will return. Sure. <laughs> this, Which uh, doesn't this make fucking any MacGuffin. Right, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. But I don't I guess... think you can undo a uh, continent-altering What it actually but... just is, is a ton, like his magic anime battle data prediction timeline of when Japan will rise again. Uh, which happens, you know, and the ending is Japan rises again, and we pulled all the data from the cloud to find everyone's pictures about how great Japan is. And look, China and Korea are now <laughs> respecting our territorial rights, and now we have dual citizenship, and now we have gay marriage, and isn't Japan great now that everything's back to normal, folks? And now, and now, and now, uh, esports is part of the Olympics. <laughs> they play oh, yeah. League of Legends at I'd the Olympics uh, now. I'd, I'd completely forgotten Fucking about that. Christ. But okay, so like, if we actually want to, like, instead of just like regurgitating the bad plot, if we actually right. want to get into I'm, like the, yeah. my problems with Japan sinks, it's, I mean, as you said, Hiro, it, it is a mess, and but more than just being a mess, it's like. It's an illogical mess. Like, again, I, I'm not... I, I am very much not one of those, like, cinema sins, like, kind of guys Ding. who's like, oh, plot holes, these don't... Ugh, these plot oh, holes don't make you. any sense, right? But it's like... The thing that Japan... But Japan Sings did suffer from, like, a legitimate lack of... Of, like, logical cohesion. Like... Half the, of the show was not a disaster show. Right, and, and the actions of the characters didn't make any sense. Like, not even in the sense of, like... Oh, don't question it too hard, it's fiction. But in the sense of, like, if you were, like, survivors in an apocalypse, you wouldn't... Like, this This went beyond just, like, the horror movie, don't... Oh, no, don't open that door, into, like... N now you're just being stupid on purpose. Like, like the thing that, like, really continued to bother me the, the whole time is the girl. Right. It's the girl with the, with the wounded leg. Like, why did she tell literally nobody about the wound? Like... This isn't a zombie bite situation. Like, this isn't a, like, ah, oh, I got bit by the zombies, I can't tell everybody. Like, Cause this is... Because then they'll shoot me in the head. Right, this is literally, I have a, an, a wounded, infected leg, and oh no, I can't tell anyone, because why? Like, she never gives an actual explanation for why she doesn't tell anybody about the wound. Like, even when they're at the cult, even, right, that is and shown like, to have medical facilities, like... Right, that's right. kind of... The whole cult arc just... Everything. Right. Yeah, like, but even later, it's like, like, she, she, she didn't tell anybody, right? Like, she never, like, got medical attention for it. Hell, in all the mm -hmm. times they were, like, raiding for supplies, she never found fucking a first aid kit, a band-aid, and some antiseptic. Like, right. it all felt like it was just, ah, this is just a, uh, this, like, convoluted, like, like like plot point that will introduce for drama because oh no at the end of the show she has to get her leg amputated and she's a runner it's the representation of her loss of self but like because <laughs> that plot point was predicated on her being like a total fucking idiot for 12 episodes yep it's just like it just feels pointless it's like it why does just... this 
it was for like every action like that was for furtherance of the plot in another way but it didn't make sense so i feel like the reason apart from so that we can show her you know amputated leg at the end is so the other guy you know the quiet otaku guy could run instead and and oh yeah yeah he gets the microchip or whatever right right yeah fucking smoked by that wave right like (laughs) It's so, it's so every other character can die off one by one until all we're left with at the end is their noble sacrifice. Right. Just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just so messy. And especially in the, in a, like, again, I know, I I know I keep beating this drum, but you also made another anime this year. Like... (laughs) Uh-huh. And Azoken was really good and like really cohesive and and well thought out and the dialogue was great and like it's just it's just so weird like it's if you told me like I don't know man you if you told me that like you know Yuasa got into like a horrible accident and like both <laughs> of his hands were broken I'd be like all right I guess that makes sense like why Japan sinks maybe turned out the way it did but like <clears throat> Was his brain also broken in the process of the horrible know. accident, though? I just don't know. It's, like, it's just so weird, like... Because, you know, here's the thing. Yeah, because, no... like, we know they've apparently... I mean, from what we know of the source material, they've take, they've had a huge amount of creative freedom with this, so it's not just, like, the source material's bad, right? Right. Like, yeah, I wonder th- if th- these like were the, choices... the, writer, the writer on this one... Sucks yeah, these these were these were choices they made. It wasn't yeah. like they were just ad- adapting the uh, the source material. I mean, so. been, all of all of Yuasa's adaptations are pretty loose, honestly. I mean, you know, like Devilman Crybaby, Ping Pong. I mean, probably to e- I, I assume even Azokan to a certain extent is also probably not a one to one adaptation. Is you know my suspicion, but yeah. Well, it's okay. Before we wrap up, what was the deal with the rap battle? I need to know. Okay, oh, right. so... <laughs> right, I completely forgot. Uh, thank you for it... bringing that up. I, we almost forgot, even though we literally talked about this right before the podcast. Like, oh, dude, that rap battle fucking sucked. Holy shit. It's, it was so... It, it, it was so fucking just, like, lame. And, and as somebody who... <laughs> and look, as somebody who loved the freestyle rapping in Devilman Crybaby. Like, I generally love it. Like, mm-hmm. in fact, I, I literally listened to it right before this podcast to remind me. But, like, it very much felt like one of those things of Yuasa being like, oh, well, my other anime had this. This anime should have it, too, or something. Except it wasn't executed nearly as well, like, on any level. Like... what? What context? <laughs> like, I don't understand right. even what context so, a rap so, battle would come up in. While they're headed to the cave to find the hard drive that will save Japan, uh, they stop right. to rest at some island, and uh, everyone's depressed because a bunch of people died, and they're tired, and the sky is covered in volcanic ash. So the YouTuber pulls out the hip-hop beats on his phone and says, We're doing a rap battle to cheer everybody up! Oh my god. Right, and it's like, and the thing about the rap battle is, like, in many ways, it is, it, it, the context of it does make a certain degree of sense within the context of, like, what Yuasa likes to do, and, like, the rap battle is basically, like, a chance for the characters to, like, right vocalize their feelings about, like, national identity and, like, Japan, at, Japan as a domestic, as a nation, as domestic citizens of it, like, you know, because, like, 
the youngest sibling, the boy, like, he, as, you know, I mean, both both of the kids, the main kids are, are half race, right? They're half Filipino, half Japanese. And they both kind of, like, internalize that identity in different ways. You know, the younger sibling does not actually care much for Japan. He doesn't, in fact, he, he's, he's rather, like, strongly critical of Japan in a lot of ways. And he's not wrong in it, you know, considering the way that they are treated by some of the Japanese nationalists in that show. You know, and then you have, like, another character who is, like, actually, a lot of things that you say are bad about Japan are, are good things, right? Like, you know, that it, it, it's a good thing that Japan has a collective culture where we have, like, cult, our cultural norm is to, you know, uh, be, um, I don't know, what, what, is the, what, what is the nice way to say, like, um... Deferential homo- to others. Hom- right, deferential to others. That is a good thing to have a, homo- a homogenous culture. And so... You know, the rap battle basically serves as a chance for people to kind of, you know, vocalize their thoughts in this, like, explicit medium that, uh, if they were just saying these things out, out loud in a normal conversation, would feel a little weird and unnecessary, but... <laughs> oh, but in a rap battle, it'd be totally normal. Well, it's more than, like, you know, like... It's more <laughs> right, than, it, it takes the confrontation out it of it, It takes right? the confrontation like, out of it, because then it becomes performative, right? Like, right. Because now you're performing your feelings, it, 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 it removes some of the, the, the personal nature of it. And the problem is that it doesn't really work, because if Japan Sinks was meant to be like a critique, or even just a self-reflection on Japanese culture, it doesn't really do a great job of it, because because of the disjointed nature of it. Because, you know, it spends like three episodes at a cult. A cult that like, at least based on my like relatively, you know, narrow understanding of Japan, did not feel particularly representative of Japanese culture. You know, like, there was a sumo wrestler there and like they talked about the kintsugi, you know, the the filling the cracks with gold. And it's Uh like, okay, uh yeah, yeah, I saw those on Reddit too, my guy. Like, and... (laughs) And so, like, you compare that to the freestyle rap segments in Devilman Crybaby, which were, like, amazing. And one of the reasons is because they actually got actual Japanese rappers for those segments. Like, the one of the big problems with the version in Japan Seeks is that it's just the VAs. And, like, let me tell you, y'all, like, if you don't <laughs> listen to a lot of hip-hop, I know it's very easy to be like, well, isn't rap just, like, speaking words to a beat? No, as Jell can back me up here, no, rap is not just speaking words to a beat. Like, there is, you know, there is a real... It is, a, it is its own skill, yes. Yes, there is a real skill to it. There is a legitimate rhythm and pace to it. And you see that in Devilman Crybaby because they got actual freestylers in Japan to, like, do that shit. And it sounds good. There's a good flow. It sounds natural. And and not only that, but, you know, we've said it before, but the, 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 the freestyle, you know, rapping in... Uh, Devil May Cry Baby was kind of this, like, 21st century Greek chorus, right? Like, every episode, they were basically there to, like, serve as a Greek chorus of saying, Hey, this is how we feel about the plot right now in this episode. It's an artistic element as opposed to a really stupid plot point. Right, Uh. right. Like, 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 you know, it existed in-universe, but it wasn't, like, part of the plot. Yes, that's a good way of, of putting it, whereas... Yeah, I don't know if Yuasa or whoever was, like, writing this show was like, no, what if the rap actually, like, mattered to the plot and was badly done because these VAs clearly don't know how to fucking rap, so... 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just like thinking about it. It sounds so like shoehorned in, like in the context of it. Like, like yeah. it, I mean, if I were there and some YouTuber guy put on a beat said we're gonna wrap it out, I'd probably kick his ass at that stage. Yeah, right. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> thing, though, like it wasn't just the rap part of the series that was forced and shoehorned in. Literally, every yes. plot point was forced and yeah. shoehorned right. in. You know? That yeah. was one of many examples, I'm yeah. sure. So, um, all right. Yeah, just well with with. Yuasa theoretically retired after this. Maybe he just needed a break. I don't know, but uh, who knows, man? Uh, we, I mean, do we, do we even have has Science Saru announced any projects or anything, or do we know what they're doing next? Get this taste out of our mouth. Who I'd knows? have to look it up. Uh, I don't know. As far man, as I know, I, 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 don't think, I don't think there's anything. Yeah, Yuasa, we love you. If you need a vacation, please take it. We we won't. Maybe maybe he'll take a couple years off and be back better than ever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently they did uh, announce that they're working on another TV show with another director. Huh. Uh, in June. Well, that's it. So not you, So awesome. we know they're doing something, but yeah. That's interesting. Well, I guess we'll find out next, whatever they release their next show. Who? <sighs> maybe who we could hold accountable for Japan's things. <laughs> All uh, right. Let's keep this disappointment train rolling. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of trains. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about Apari Ranman. And before we get too into it, I want to get one very petty thing off my chest. <laughs> sure. About the show. You have the floor. For, for some reason, one of the single most annoying things I found in this in the entire back half of the show was when Gil changes to bad guy mode. And... Uh, <laughs> And he, just his the sound of his voice that they chose for him when he's like, you know, I'm going to talk like this I mean, because I'm evil. That's like classic anime and it, villain talk. And it like, and but it was like, I don't know why that one particular thing and just the the way it was like so hammed up was like, I I think it was just emphasizing how wrong I felt the whole thing has gone at this stage. Like well, the. So I don't know how we got the power of the ultimate eye either. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I for one thing, I I really don't like the like one dimensional just evil for evil sake cartoon villain yeah. unless it's like literally a children's show. Um, also, it came and, out of nowhere, and like. It, it, did, did he, they even explain? Did he have any motivation or no. anything other no, than I just mean, that was like, like I'm the joke, wanted... I'm the Joker. Right, he's violence a violent rules at all. Yeah. Right, he thought that all humans were violent anarchists, and he wanted everyone to basically act like that all the time. Right, right. I and mean, so... I think you, the, the the quote unquote like key to his character, right, is like when he tells those two guys to fight over the gun, and whoever, you know, kills the other gets to live, right? Is like... Right. That is theoretically supposed to be, like, the summation of his philosophy, right? And, and it's ah, just, deep down, we're all like this. His, we're all his, animals. His philosophy, we live in a society. Yeah, literally. Uh-huh. So for, for some reason, I don't know why the author just decided it was worth hijacking the entire show, and just, like, making that be the whole point of the entire second half of the series was stopping this all right, guy. so, like... Where they literally... They literally throw the race out the window. Right. <laughs> like, it's not even like they're not showing it on screen or something. It's like we literally just, like, can't put that in the garbage the can. The race was never important to the show, which is a problem. Um, like, we, we've talked about this at length, of how the show built itself as a show about racing, and then the racing is never important. 
to the show. We probably got like how many minutes of race time? Of <laughs> less than like a full episode. Do you think we got? Yeah, like, like less than like, a whole episode. Right. And I it's so, like I think. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, no, you I, go ahead. I think um, a lot of the stuff that did happen in the show, if it had built itself as just like goofy western anime western like hijinks time uh we're hunting in criminals like ah oh, we're, we're the sheriff deputized us or something like if it had not tried not pretended to be a race show i think a lot of the stuff that happened i would have been like yeah okay i mean that's the thing right like in in a vacuum there are individual elements of Apari Ranman that worked for me, right? I mean, uh-huh. even even the bad guy being, you know, a violent anarchist, right. you know, bandito, like, works Right, I'm saying if, extent, like, if we started like, it, the show with, oh, we're stuck in America and uh, now we're chasing banditos. Right, well, but, and, and that's the thing, right? It's like, the way, so the, the way I put it, I think, is that Apari Ranman was a show desperately in search for an identity, despite having an obvious one literally, like, right in front of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it could have just, like, you Didn't know, race. I mean, yeah, I mean, it could have just gone, I mean, the race, the wacky western hijinks, like, it could have just gone full double-decker and embraced its absurdity. But, like, the show, like, felt this weird need to, like, maintain a, like, relatively serious tone to compel its viewers, right? Like, oh, how come Kosome won't use his sword? Or, like, Little Indian Boy's backstory, you know? And, like, I think it's, like, it almost felt like the show was afraid that if it was too lighthearted, we wouldn't care about the characters. And I think that's kind of a weird mistake because... We didn't care about the characters right. anyway. <laughs> well, not only that, but I don't think you need a serious tone to make people care about characters, right? Like, there are a lot of lighter, wackier shows that still manage to make us care about the characters, even if the stakes aren't world-shattering, because those works understood that, like, the more important thing is do we actually like the characters in the world? And Apari Ranma was so committed to trying to make us care about these characters before we even had a chance to like them. It, it never... Right. It, it never gave us time to actually like the characters enough to care about the stakes that they were involved in. I mean, right. combined with the fact that to be to begin with, and and from beginning to end, the characters were all just so like one dimensional. Right, like they were. Well, that's not the even not well, actually, even in a fun way. Well, but that's the problem, right? So here's where now my part. Thank you, Artemis, because now you get to get into my thesis about how I compare this show to Takeshi Koike's uh, two thousand. <laughs> 13, uh, uh, no, 2010 anime film, Redline. Uh-huh. Also about wacky Don't tell me that races. I was 2010, please. I think it was 2010. It, I think it was, yeah. It was t- I, yeah. Feel like it was the, I feel like that should, it was older, but yeah, 2010. Yeah, 2009. <laughs> oh, 2009, yeah. Because I remember, they celebrated their 10th anniversary like, oh, Christ. Recently, oh, right. recently. Okay, so... Redline is a movie about absurd, wacky races in, like, sci-fi North Korea, right? It's got a dude with a giant pompadour who wants to win the race because if you win the race, you he loves get the all race. the... La- you love to... He, lo- he just loves to race, you know? And if you win races, you get all the ladies, and that's cool, too. And Redline has its wacky bunch of competitors, right? Like, there's a, there's a gorilla cop. There's... A duo uh-huh. pair of vigilantes named Lynchman and Johnny Boy. You know, it's there. There are idols Christ. with a transforming robot car, and 
that movie in like it's in like two minutes manages to make me care more about these bit characters in this race than a party Ronmon could ever achieve in its entire thirteen episode run. And like those characters those characters in Redline, those characters are one dimensional. Like <laughs> those right. guys are paper cutouts. They they are literally just a character designer was like it's just like, who should be in this movie? Oh, uh, I don't know, like, evil Batman? Okay, uh, how does this look? Wow, that looks really badass. How about we give him, like, an evil red-haired Jew as his Robin? And it's like, sure, why not? Okay, they're in the movie now. Do they have a plot line? Do so they have a backstory? about the amount of thought put into the character design of a part of Ramon characters. <laughs> so, yeah, I and, mean, if I can... Sorry, oh, go ahead, go ahead. G. I'll, I'll let you wrap up first before... Okay, fine. It's, it's just that... One dimensional is fine. Like, it can be fine if you embrace it. The problem was Apare Ranman constantly felt like he was teetering between, like, should these characters just be absurd, like, absurd caricatures? Or they should act or should they actually be characters? And it never really picked. It was and... consistently halfway between, and because it didn't commit to either, it failed at both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean if I can put my film school reject hat on here it's like the you know you can do the one-dimensional if you're setting up the characters to let everybody kind of fill in the blanks on their own right with their with their personalities and everything whereas with the pari ranman we got a lot of detailed backstory on all of these characters that we didn't really need that was just telling us all the things that you know we probably could have figured out in half the time uh but you know we had to you know get all the flashbacks and, you know, get, you know, everybody gets their own full episode of, you know, them doing whatever it is they do. And they consistently just did that one thing for the rest of the show. I think where it really culminated for me, again, going back to the Gil turning evil episode, um, that entire episode is everybody standing around and getting their ass beat by Gil. And they all do the exact same thing where he says, the one thing that goads them to get them angry, they run at them, get kicked in the face, then he goes on to the next character, and they do that for 22 minutes, and it's all like, <laughs> it's all like, you know exactly what's going to happen, like, because they're all just falling right into their, right, you know, whatever one note that they've been built for that character, they just do whatever it is that one thing that they do, and then, you know, we have to reinforce that, and we have to go down the list for every single character, every single time, and it's just, extremely frustrating to watch that over and over and over again and it's all in the uh, presumably in the name of trying to make us care but it's not Has accomplishing that effect, yeah. at all yes in fact it's the opposite where i'm just like can we can you guys just stop talking can we just get this <laughs> can we just get this over with i mean i by the time the end credits rolled on the final episode i breathed a sigh of relief that i no longer <laughs> had to sit through this like I after after uh after a par I had one more what are these feelings moments yeah. uh Kosame! to uh to wrap up the, <laughs> episode, to the, sky, the yeah cuz that's that, that'll make us care screaming to the sky for sure is a surefire way yeah so i think you know had th there are, there are plenty of ways they could have saved the show and i think that's why we again are frustrated because there are good elements here that could have they could have done something a par and, and... round one should have been the one 
It, it right. should have been the one. Like it. Should, I mean, this is this is the fucking underhand toss of 2020. Like it should have been <laughs> so easy to knock this one out of the park. Like holy shit. And it's like it's like they could have gone either of the way, either of the directions that they were trying. Like it, I mean, the obvious one obviously would have been the wacky fun race across Anime America. Sign me up. But even if they wanted to go in a more character-driven direction, had they properly developed their characters and made them likable? Because like the characters aren't even likable, even if you get uh-huh. past like right. The, like, I mean, that's the main not. issue. Is like yeah. Even even you get past the fact that they're simple, you don't like them. Like I don't like they're all kind of annoying at, or tolerable at best, right? So, yeah. you know, without that, you know, had they been able to get us invested in that, okay, sure. If you want to then take us onto another more adventure based type of thing, then fine. But they didn't pull that off either. Again, and... I, I I will say I'm not even like joking when I say this, but like. TJ is the character that they should have looked at in a party of Ranmont and said, we need to write every character to be like TJ. Yeah. Like, because yeah. that, that is the one character in that show that understands what kind of show a party of Ranmont is, and that oh, it is okay for him to be an absurd, a, a truly, a truly absurd caricature of, of a person, because, mm-hmm. like, that fits the setting. I mean... I won't lie, I fucking cackled during that final episode when <laughs> him and Dylan are squaring off against Guilty Cigar, and he finally takes off the, the goggles, and they're weighted like it's fucking Piccolo taking <laughs> off the <turn>. Like, <laughs> And he was like, now I can finally get serious. Right, like, I, there's like an audible tunk when they hit the ground, and it's like, wait, are those things like 20 pounds or something? And then, and then, and then, like, Gil, doesn't he, Gil even say, like, aha, finally, I can now switch modes, or something. Like, uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know, it's just... It's just I think he actually says, uh, like, it's just, basically, again, I've like, been using only 20% of my power level oh it's just i'm not saying every character should have been exactly like tj but every character should have been written with tj of the thousand three in mind because that's like that's the one glimpse of that show that's like oh they do know what kind of ridiculous absurd show this is such a missed opportunity i mean so many missed opportunities but that one (sighs) just yeah yep well, I it's it's finally over. We survived. Finally over. It feels like it's been a million years because I mean, this that... one was one of the delayed ones, right? Yeah, because yeah. of the COVID delay. Like yeah. this is a show that we should have like been done with like yeah, three I mean, months that did, ago. But that did start last season, didn't it? I thought it was yeah spring. I think yeah yeah. yeah they had yeah. like two or three episodes or something. Right. Or yeah. Yeah. They had a couple episodes in the resume of the season. So, yeah. Which um. I guess that's also the case with the next show on our list. Next couple of shows, actually, but. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, well uh, yeah, well we'll 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 get on we'll get to billionaire detective balance unlimited first, <sighs> which for most of us it did not survive the three episode test, but I know yeah. Artemis you did you did finish it up and I'm kind of curious to hear it. what happened. Uh, I might have watched three or four episodes actually. I might have watched four. I don't remember, but well, it turn- um, it basically turns into a murder mystery. Okay. Um, where where the main character's uh, father like is supposed to have died many years ago, right? But then it turns out that he comes back, oh, and, no. and and he might be he might have murdered his mom, but then it turns out that it's actually not him, and it was some guy wearing his face. 
Oh no! And then it turns out, and then it turns out that uh, it was all for some kind of technology. I don't, I don't even. To be honest, I've forgotten, and it might be because I've forgotten on purpose. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're describing the plot of Yakuza Three. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and the the kind of the main the main character, you know, the cop. Like who was scared to shoot a gun because right, of his yeah. traumatic past experiences, yeah. finally manages to shoot a gun at the end. And there's a big speech or several big speeches about now he's finally a hero again. Because and he shot a gun. Yeah, literally, literally, like several characters. And, and I mean, and all right, I, I ain't gonna lie. That means that I will. I will say that means there are two shows in this podcast in which the subtext of the subtext of the plot of, of the characters like quest for self-determination involve pulling the trigger of a gun so right so he so he manages to pull the trigger of a gun to save the billionaire oh boy by shooting by shooting like a the, the cop well, kills no, shoots somebody shoot, to save the like, billionaire no, shoots like the fucking like wire or something, like of the bomb or whatever so it doesn't uh, oh he wasn't even shooting a person he no, was he shooting even shoot a person he just managed okay. to well, what if we shot the gun. billionaire and then he's and then there's this big this is supposed to be this big cathartic and then ate him like there's, there's, there's several pieces of dialogue, both by other characters and internal dialogue. That he, and he basically says, like, finally, you know, I have, I, have, I have moved on and I am now no longer just a cop. I am a hero. And, <laughs> wow, boy, yeah. there is some Jesus subtext to it. Again, yeah. probably unintentional, but in 2020, boy, there is some subtext to a cop saying, now that I finally pulled the trigger yeah. of my gun, timing, I'm a hero. The timing is, uh, uh. which is not the show's fault necessarily, but the timing no, is just but... so deeply questionable that I, yeah. I wait, just, Artemis, mm. do they ever, wait, I thought the billionaire detective could, like, do anything, right? How could they explain... Him not instantly solving a murder mystery with because, his... Uh, so, so because uh, Husk, the computer butler thing that he has going on, um, like, Husk will not answer questions about, like, his father and about, like, the technology because the guy impersonating his father has, has basically taken it over or, or whatever, so... Ah, uh, he hacked the system. He hacked okay. the system or, or something... I, I, I don't know something like that, and yeah, he just he has to he has to solve this on his own without without using money until the last episode where I guess he <laughs> totally uses money and then he uses a lot of money and <laughs> and his and his uh, accomplice uh, what's her name that his family members like his cousin I think is sitting in in front of the screen at home and sending drones and shit, great. like uh, sounds sounds great. <laughs> so was, did it did i mean did it move away from being episodic then at that point and it was more yeah, like the last um i think the last three or maybe four episodes were all all one um story arc um i think honestly the main reason i kept watching was for, for the side characters mostly because i did actually like the the cops, like the kind of deadbeat cops, his office mates. Right. Oh, it, like his like in the, in his the like, division uh, that like. Yeah, like there's right. the, yeah. there's the there's the chick who just likes to eat candy all the time, and there's like the guy who just watches porn on his computer. I guess. Like, <laughs> like okay. they all they all continue to be pretty solid throughout the show when when they had screen time. Right. But uh, yeah, the main characters not so much. No, Look, I, I'll I, say again, there is an art to a good bit character. Like a good a good bit character uh-huh. contribute a lot to a story. 
if yeah. if the series had stayed much like episode one even if it had not progressed in any way in terms of character development i would have been okay with it i would have been okay with a series that was just joking around and and showcasing like his his colleagues getting into dumb shit by mistake and yeah just cracking right. cracking jokes about why, why can't anime just let us life? have fun i know right <laughs> I, I, I swear, man. I mean, I know I keep bringing it up, but it's just these shows keep making me think back to Double Decker. I, I don't know why Double Decker <laughs> specifically, but just like maybe is that, because, is that like the gold standard of dumb cop uh, comedies maybe, at this point? I, don't know. I, I, I think it's more than that. It's not even just like the the, the police like premise, but it's more like that was the last show I can think of that was just like that fully embraced being comical, like. Like, you right. know, there were, you know, li- like a Kaguya or something, there were the occasional moments of, like, character sincerity, right? Like, there was genuine mm-hmm. character development here and there. But for the most part, it's just like, nah, these guys are idiots. Like, these guys are <laughs> fools. And yeah. they're going to get into dumb hijinks. And that's yeah, okay. There's that uh, line from the, like, production or the uh, voice actor would always write at the top of his scripts, Kirill is an idiot uh, to try and remember. <laughs> like just gotta get into character, right? It's like no, this guy's just stupid. But yeah, that, that's that's unfortunate that, to hear that. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I only watched one episode of that, so I I didn't miss it for sure. But it it, it does it was, sound like a shame was, that it was it was still a lot more bearable than Apare Ranman, to be honest. With you. <laughs> well, it's like, not hard. I don't even want to nice. complain that much. Yeah. Right. Well, I think more. I think it's a shame that it tried to reach further, and it doesn't. It sounds like it couldn't quite. Um, yeah. I think, like, at, even even if you enjoyed the first couple of episodes and were okay with it going more serious from then on out and whatnot, it was at at very best completely average. So I don't think if you if anyone if you guys or anyone listening to this does not watch it, you didn't miss anything. Uh, ringing endo- ringing endorsement. My f- it, uh, yeah, so fine skipping um, it. Like tonal- tonally, I feel like. We said this before, but tonally, I feel like I got everything that I needed out of that show. Uh, like is being filled by a great pretender. Uh, yeah. Right. They. We, yeah. We talked about them before. They kind of have similar energy to them, but uh, great pretender is just better. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Perhaps it. Perhaps the show benefited a bit from the fact that there was just literally not many shows even being made last yeah. season so um but it doesn't sound like there's any reason to go back to it no i, I wouldn't so all right uh-huh. so let's talk to the uh, talk about the other show g was alluding to that involves uh tying your uh you know yourself to can you can you or can you not fire a gun i suppose <laughs> yeah speaking of the other show in which the the basic plot is can i pull the trigger or not there's a lot of um, big guns in this one yeah no yeah, guns so like yeah we, we we haven't been talking about it regularly because from recording to you guys there's not a whole lot to say from week to week but now there's that really it's not. wrapped up uh what were your guys thoughts on the second season i mean oh, totally adequate yeah the thing you know maybe the the most damning thing you could say about no guns life is what you saw in maybe the first couple episodes is exactly what No Gun's Life like sought out to be, and right. it never really got more ambitious than that. And and maybe to some degree, that's because of the resources and manpower available to it. Like, you know, 
I brought this up with Eero, and again, th- this is not nearly as bad of an example, but in some ways I feel like No Gun's Life ended up being, in some some ways, this year's Copcraft of a show <laughs> that clearly had its heart in the right place. It clearly wanted to do these like big, big, big spectacles, but it just didn't have enough in the tank, so to speak. Like, it, are we it, talking st- strictly out of it from a technical point of view? At technical, point, like, I'd say, like you know, just any time it wanted to get big, it just couldn't. Like it just, it just didn't have it. It just didn't have it in it. Right. Like, and because of that, that kind of means that, like, for better or worse, that means No Gun's Life was left trying to carry itself on the back of its character and writing which you know like this is not going to be one of the cyberpunk greats you know it's this is not a you know this is not a this is not a ghost in the shell this is not even a bubblegum crisis it's you know it's i mean i wouldn't even not that it's not cyberpunk but it's working at such a broad like level that the narrative is barely we're talking about to me. Yeah, I, well, so here's the thing. I, I will say that, like, Inui Juzo is a great character. I, I, I will I will stand by that. I think the main character, Juzo, and that's not just even on the back of his fantastic character design. I think he's a cool, fun character. Like, he's not the deepest of the world, but, you know, for the purpose of the story and the world he exists in, I think he works. Sure. It's just... It's just that the world as a whole, maybe it's just the world as a whole can't handle Juzo. Like it just—I <laughs> mean, isn't he? Isn't he just like hard-boiled detective? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. a hard-boiled detective with a gun for a head, and like that's fine. <laughs> Again, that, sometimes that's all you need. I mean, that's a good sentence, right? But that <laughs> you know, kind of—that kind of feel like that's all Nogan's life really is. Right. I mean, that's the thing, right? None of the other characters are like solid enough to like support that. Like, if if Ju- like if this were like a trigun situation of you got Vash the Stampede, but then you got you know the gung ho guns and 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 the two insurance ladies and like all these like wacky characters, it's like that works even if the you know the story itself is whatever. But like, you know. No Guns Life is like one of those shows, but what if it only had one good character carrying that all on his back? And, you know, I think to some degree, that part of it works. I, I, I will say, I think it speaks to the the baseline level of its storytelling that, hey, at the end of the day, No Guns Life managed to get me to kind of care about the sentient gun's plight for self-determination sure. in this dystopic world where the very concept of one's own agency isn't a guaranteed right. Like, it is definitely not a subtle metaphor, right? But uh-huh. there is a lot to like about No Gun's, life, no Gun's Life's usage of gun imagery to represent <laughs> the capability of, like, people have to take power and agency into their own hands, right? Like, you, you know, I mean literally the core of the message at the end, in the last episode is you have you have to pull your own trigger you have to be the agents of your own will like you know maybe less uh, maybe less what billionaire detective did of pulling the trigger makes you a hero but more <laughs> it, if you hold this gun in your hands you have to you have to pull the trigger you have to be the one who takes responsibility for where you aim it and who you fire it at and 
you know, honestly, there are parts of that it's where like I'm fine. like, fine. It's a, it's a little on the nose. It is, li- it is on the he nose. Is a right. gun. He is a living gun. I mean, yes, he is a living gun. So yes, it's a bit on the nose. They have a whole episode where they go into his mind, and turns out that like the physical embodiment of like his block against like him willing to pull his own trigger is represented literally like Excalibur. It's a gun embedded in a slab of stone. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, like, my thing is, when you guys describe it, and I, I do remember watching the first episode, uh-huh. you know, it seemed fine. Like, I could see enjoying that for a couple episodes, or maybe even a full season. But this is now season two, like, 20-something right. episodes of yeah. this, right? Like, yeah. is it... Is it making enough progress to be worth that many episodes no. at the point, or is it just the same thing over I and would, over? I, no, I would say not. no. Um, no, it, I mean, it, it literally ends with the classic, and so the adventure continues. I would say ending, this is a so. show where the like plot of last week's episode, I had almost completely forgotten every week by the time the next like, episode rolled around. Like, you're not really at a different place than you were at episode not one, really. is that fair to say? No, like... There is char- there is plot development. There are there is character development, but it is so glacial. Like in many ways, it really does remind me, for better or worse, of like this kind of show or OVA from the '90s, where like you know it's episodic for like a whole season, and then maybe the last two episodes push the right. plot forward a little could, bit. Could they have done the whole thing? like well in just one season do you think or did it- uh, it's like an ongoing manga still i think yeah i mean i don't know like there's enough going on i guess that i don't think you could cut things out it's just i'm not exactly sure how one would like fix the no guns life anime i mean i, I had a good time when i was reading the manga so maybe it's just like the pacing of the manga worked better for this sort of thing but mm-hmm. you know it's just you know it's a little, lot of aspects yeah. I wouldn't call it bad, uh, just, it was, uh, just something I watched every week because there was nothing else to watch. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I will say at the end of the day, like, the show had a hell of an art direction. Dude, like, uh, did, uh, fight the other gunhead guy, and other gunhead guy's arms turned into giant desert eagles, uh. And Juzo's hand turned one of his arms into a giant bigger gun arm. Where uh, each every of, finger was another bigger gun. Was another gun, and the, his <laughs> knuckles were the hammers of each gun. And so when he punched a dude, uh-huh. all the hammers on his fucking knuckles cocked and fired. And <laughs> man, there's just some shit in that anime that's really fucking cool in that sort of like dumb anime uh-huh. way of like, man, that was all right. This is not the deepest plot. I don't really care about these characters, but man, does anime have a knack for visual spectacle. I'm, I'm now just trying to imagine the show as a live action. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, and we'll always have that, that ED. Yes. The, the, song. the promised ED, yes. With the twerking Which and the street fight and... The Tekken graphics. Yes, uh... the Tekken 3 intro graphics. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, uh, I mean... It, like I said, it sounds like, for like, I don't know how you would endure watching it that long <laughs> for 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 two full seasons of basically the same thing. But yeah, I mean, it's um yeah. My back of the box quote for this would just be Inui Juzo deserves to be in a better show. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but all right. 
I mean, the manga continues, right? Maybe you'll get a season three. No oh boy. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, did anybody actually watch the anime? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't been paying that close attention to uh, yeah, how it's done. So, I haven't had my f- my finger on that in a while, but who knows? All right. Yep. Well, let's move on to our, I guess, our bright spot of the season. Hmm. The one uh, good show that came out in summer 2020. <laughs> let's talk about Decadence. The Kabudence. The uh, yeah, Kabudence. <laughs> Um, we, we finally wrapped that up. Uh, the ending was pretty solid. Yeah. I would say. So. I would say. Right. Yeah. I have yeah. some reservations, but okay. Yeah. I do as well, but maybe we can get okay, into so that a little later. I do as well. I think okay. that was, I, I feel like that was all of us kind of projecting onto the show though, if that makes sense. All right. Collectively. What, you like, want to... Do you want to start us there? Ira, I don't know. I was gonna say, do we our... want to do we want to do the bright spots first? I mean, I feel sure. like okay, yeah. It's... Let's yeah, let's let's talk about the good stuff first. Yeah, like look, it's as a final as far as final episodes go. Like, I think I think it was solid, right? Like, it very much followed what one might call like the trigger plan for how you formulate finales. Like a big right? drill, play the opening, yeah. shoot the right, bad guy. play the op. Yeah. Everybody teams up. You know, all the side characters you've seen up till now show up at the last minute to help. Te- you know, help the heroes in their moment of need. Um, you know, it's it's fun. It's big. It's it's bombastic. I think, like. Once they'd made it clear that the finale was not going to be them taking down the system, but instead fighting this big kaiju, uh-huh. I think they executed well on that part. I I think that, you know, until the ending, I until the very last few minutes, I think that they did a really good job of, like, making good on, like, you know, Kabu's, uh, Kabu's sacrifice, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed that, like, because you know, I was thinking, I was even thinking to myself, oh, like, Kabu hasn't, Kabu hasn't released his limiter, yeah, yeah, yet, yeah. right? Like the right. the limiter that makes you know, that 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 makes it truly it, like, your body, right? That makes it your real body or whatever, right? Like, I and so I really like that, right? Like at the very end, you know, even did the like, you know, Simone about to do the Giga Drill Breaker for the first time, you get the montage of uh-huh. Kamina, like it does the same thing with Natsume, right? Like when Kabu see it, all these. <laughs> All these moments with his uh, his his MMO NPC waifu flashing before his eyes, and uh-huh. then he releases his limiter and and shoots the big drill, and it's yeah. all fun. It's all it's all well at done some, for what it is. At some point early on, I had described this as like anime comfort food, where it's yeah. like, and, and and also that I feel like the the director and the writer knows all the all the crowd pleasers. Yeah. They know how to do all the crowd pleasing moves yeah, that these you, are the you know, Bob Psycho people, so. right? Yeah. And and it's fun, right? Like that's all it's all enjoyable and well executed. Yeah, I think uh, like every but, like I didn't necessarily agree with all of its narrative choices, but everything it did do, it executed very proficiently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if we want to now get into maybe some of our issues with Decadent, it's that. Everything it actually did set out to do, it did well. I think it's just we wished it had maybe done something different. Right. I I I I was summing it up to myself as maybe they played it too safe. Yeah, I uh, right. even even with some of the wild creative choices that they made, like with the art style and stuff like that, the actual 
outcome still felt very safe. I mean, and maybe well, I, maybe Ira. I don't know if that's what you were getting to eventually there. Yeah, but. I mean, I agree, and I, but I also just feel like the show was always kind of playing it safe, and we just projected <laughs> on it uh, as yeah, it's really going for for you know like I. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can agree that it was obvious that it was playing it safe I, from the very beginning. I, like, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily agree, though. I wouldn't necessarily say it was obvious. I just. I don't know. I don't want to ascribe uh, maybe we were intent. All, we were all just waiting for something more that never quite eventuated. Right. I mean, we might as well get into this. You know, spoiler warning if you haven't watched this. I mean, but maybe you should because we're we're, yeah. we're we're talking about the last episodes of all these shows. But I mean, let's just get into it. They reform the system. They don't break it. Right. Like. They, right. they quote-unquote fix it. And as I was telling Iro, for better or worse, this very much reflects that sort of, like, Obama-era, like, naivety about, like, neoliberalism. That, like, oh, the system isn't bad. It can be fixed. We just have to appeal to, like, the intrinsic, like, moral good that lies in everybody, right? That, like... Right. That, like, oh, capitalism isn't the problem. It's just that, you know, there are some bad, greedy people. But if we appeal to their sense of decency and honor, like they'll recognize that the things they've done so far are bad and that we can all get along if we just, you know, see each other as people. And and it very much speaks to that kind of, like, 2008 era of, like... Naive optimism. Yeah, I mean, as someone might say, hope. <laughs> but <laughs> I... And... Again, like, maybe, maybe you know, we've talked about this in the past, right, about how, you know, let's be honest, Japanese fiction, for the most part, not particularly... Subversive, right? Like, even I, I would say that their standard for what counts as like critical or you know, uh, I guess if you want to say political or something is probably different than yeah, ours they, in the West. I but, mean, yes, you know, they're a nation that in, that intrinsically, for better or worse, kind of likes to softball this shit most of the time, right? right? I, I mean, think we said last time if if Persona Five was considered mildly controversial as uh, politically speaking, then you know it's a different bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yes. right. Like, and, and so I think that's the thing, right? We as Western viewers living in the hellscape that is 2020. I think maybe some of us really wanted to see Kabu and his band of robot misfits just rip that system to shreds, you know, just completely tear it down, you know, fucking shoot a harpoon gun at that ship in space and just drag it into the earth, like, and we didn't get that, right, like, and I'm not saying that the show absolves capitalism, right, like, let's be, you know, the the final kaiju is still the product of capitalism, right, like, that final kaiju, you know, the Gadol was what was like a genetic experiment, right? It was made by the system. Right. It got out of control because of the system. Like, you know, if one wants to be uh, charitable, you can almost ascribe that to be like some kind of weird metaphor for like climate change, right? Like, you know, sure. This is the hubris of capitalism and its unchecked like exploitation of the planet, blah blah blah. But. Yeah, them just fighting a big kaiju in the end instead of... It's... I don't want to say it's lazy. I definitely don't want to say it's lazy. It was, it I think was this, conventional, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it recognizes that fighting capitalism, destroying these oppressive systems, is much more difficult than just punching a big monster in the face. In fiction, anyways. Like... 
to dismantle capitalism, to dismantle this system that has oppressed mankind and you know what oppressed the gear you know the gears as well or or you know the 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 the, the androids the cyborgs okay. because like you know they also well, I mean right. they toil live, in the ship mines they 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 live to get oxygen right right which they need to live like like imagine I mean that's literally like imagine you have, imagine if you had to play Eve online to receive oxygen like that's that's kind of Right. what kind of dystopian system it is so everybody's being oppressed under it and it's a show that for better or worse maybe does recognize that that's a much harder thing to fight and it's just easier if a big monster shows up and we gotta hit it real hard right I, I think so I mean even if you're just looking at it as and I don't want to put the, the thematic considerations aside because I think that's very important but if you're looking at just how the the plot plays out it's such a soft landing like mm-hmm. uh we made it we know, turned it, it into minecraft especially right i want to say in the epilogue like the yeah. the after credits I'm yeah scene. like turning turning like if you think about what has actually changed by the end of the episode they've basically just changed the genre of the game yeah right? it doesn't like actually every, feel that dramatic of a change every it, everything else including a lot of the problems are still there <laughs> like i mean uh, like all that's and, changed really is that oh what if the good ones got promoted to ceo like you know when minato is the new like admin right it's like right 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 it's not that they broke the system it's not even that they necessarily even reformed the system it's just that oh we have a good boss now right mm-hmm. and and we're not and now you can go farming and play sports. right we're not actively we're, while we're not actively killing humans we are still technically enslaving them for right uh... <laughs> and I, I do just want to point out real quick Eero can vouch for this that a few episodes back I called it i called this i was i was i was speculating i was like how are they going to reform if they if they have to change the system whether they destroy it and build a new one or reform it or whatever how are they going to sell this to the gears and i came to the realization oh wait of course what is the most popular genre of game after killing things building things they're going to turn this uh-huh. into minecraft like gamers love to craft shit they love to mine shit and then make shit out of it and right that is the perfect way to frame the rebuilding of your new society is oh decadence 2.0 now with base building right now, yes. it's, now it's final fantasy 14 you can buy real estate right but the fact that they still have to have that uh, that video game mm-hmm. uh, veneer over it, and not just everybody working together to, you know, uh-huh. survive, and, and presumably you know, still make... no one knows about it except um, Natsume, right? right. Like, I that's I mean, they right. had uh, both logged in gears and Android looking gears. Yeah, they did have the Android both around. around so. So. I think that I mean that's the, so. Here's the other thing, right? How much of this is because this show is 12 episodes? Mm. Like, I'm not saying Decadence would have been better with 26. I, th- I think 26 maybe would have been too much for how self-contained the story is. But how much would Decadence have benefited from, say, two more episodes? <laughs> because it does feel like that ending, that ending is in service of, oh fuck, we have six minutes left. Like, I we have to wrap this up. Like, we don't have time to explain how we reformed the system. We don't have time to explain, did we tell the right, humans... We, kind of just, we jump a few years later and everything's fine now. 
We don't even have time to explain if the rest of the world is still fucked or if they're going to, like, work to fix that yet. Like... Right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, part of that could be that, you know, it's easy to acknowledge a problem and it's a lot harder to present a solution <laughs> um, and just having a, a positive... Yeah. outlook on it is the you know the only way they can really go with it i mean i think if there is one i guess good message that comes out of it is when when kabu is in the decadence and the that other robot thing is telling right. him you have no choice it's you know the 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 message of you know even if it seems impossible or whatever it's still worth standing up and fighting like that's i think a real message you could take away from it but they give that such a soft landing later that that kind of says, "Oh, well, it's all going to work out." And it's like, "Well, not necessarily." Yeah. But I mean, I, the you know, it's still worth, I guess, you know, doing what you can and, and fighting back. But I, I, but they didn't really stick with that message per se by making everything work out in the end. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think overall, I it was just. I, I do think it was fair to Iroh's point to at least have some higher expectations for the show because the creators themselves right. have brought out. I mean, I think that's that... why I said. I, I think this is why I, said I do believe the show actually did make promises of a more like grand ambition than it necessarily, you know, right. bore having out a higher, like higher thematic purpose than yeah, this. You know? Like we joke about it, but Kabu being radicalized by his <laughs> MMO waifu is legitimately one of the strongest moments of this whole year. Like if we want to talk about like five minute segments mm-hmm. in anime, I can't think of any stronger than that episode of Decadence. Like the combination of like Natsume's self loathing because of her her perceived like value to society being decided by her her worth. And that leading to Kabu realizing how intrinsically broken this system is. And, you know, again, the very cool moment where all goes red and he swears <laughs> to destroy the system. And you can practically hear the Soviet anthem playing in the background as a superimposed <laughs> picture of Karl uh-huh, Marx shows uh-huh. up. Like, it's a really strong moment. I really do think that that moment alone did make the promise that this show was going to be about like tearing down capitalism and right that that and i mean the creator's own direct comments right, right. That we've we've read but and and you know maybe we did pro- project that a little further than was intended but there there was reason for us to be thinking in that direction right i guess um so when was the last I'll... time any anime like actually went that hard on anything last period legend of the galactic heroes <laughs> okay, great 30 fucking years ago <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. La- last period. Uh, last period's uh... a comedy. Like, <laughs> come on. They, they 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 went in they went in hard though. Uh, on I don't know. On, uh, fuck. Yamato Yamato twenty one ninety nine. Like, yeah, I I am legitimately trying to think. When was the last anime that like actually went pretty hard on its political stance? Fucking stance? doesn't. <laughs> right? I don't know. I'm. I know you're. I know. Look, Iro. Yeah. I'm not saying. Look. I know. I, I'm not here being. I'm not here being like, oh, it pulled its punches. What a surprise! I, I'm not saying yeah. that. I, I, I do say that. Look, in many ways, that was the expected turn. I mean, look, you, know, right. you heard me going through these motions in the episodes leading up to the finale of me going like, oh, this episode, it, this show's gonna, uh-huh, uh-huh. this show's gonna, this low show's ball. gonna lo- is is gonna lowball it. Yeah, but like, I think, I don't know. I'm not gonna say impressive because it tried, but I think we had. 
to a certain extent, I think some of us wanted to believe because yeah. it was capable of even planting. How many shows are even capable? How many anime are even capable of implanting the thought in our heads that, oh, this could be political and this could be political in a really good, interesting way? Right. Like, that's so rare in anime that. I don't know. Just e- e- even just the promise of it is so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just. Um. There are probably a couple other things I could nitpick, like, um, I did kind of wish Natsume had more of an active role in the story. And yeah. It turned out, like, it Ka- turned out Ka- Kaburagi was the Yeah, you guys, you guys joke, right. yeah, you, you, you guys joke about her being Kabu's 2D waifu, but, uh, kind of is. whatever, game waifu, but the, yeah, like, she, she, her she main purpose of the story is basically drug. his, yeah, it's, it's basically like his, his muse for the story, right, like, and I was, I was... I felt like we were being set up for her to be, like, the real main character. Right. And she never and... really gets that. I mean, here's the thing, right? If you want to take the very charitable take, it's that, well, I mean, Kaba would have never done any of those things if not for Natsume, right? I mean... Right. Right? Like, in the same way that, like... Again, maybe it's just because of the... Maybe it's just because of the parallels, right? Simone the Digger does not break through the ceiling without Kamina, right? Like, like Simone needed the catalyst, a character to to even make that possibility, like, aware to him, in the same way that Kabu had clearly, like, given up on all hope of resistance, right? Like, he needed a character to show him that that was a plausible, capable right. thing. That make he could him even... not just a grumpy old man for Right, basically, right? And, like, you kind of get hints at bits and pieces of, like, oh, that's what Natsume does, right? Like, she beats herself up because she feels like she's not doing enough, but she's actually doing the most because she is inspiring other people to get involved, to get invested again. But right. I-, I would agree. Like, it is kind of a weak role, especially, you know, because, you know, like... It's not, I wouldn't even say weak. It's just she's clearly the supporting yeah, role, right. whereas yeah. Kabu is the hero of the story, uh, which I didn't... I felt like we were not getting sold on that in the beginning. Um I mean, I guess you could look at it as it kind of flips the script on the the mentor dying halfway, so that the the you know the young character can mm-hmm. save the save the world in the second half or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's like it's one of those things. It's it's a weird thing because I mean, I like Kabu, like I really do. Mm-hmm. He's a fun character. I you know really, it's around the shit minds like <laughs> segment of that show where I was like, oh man, this guy's great. Like fuck yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's again, it's it's hard to tell. Like how much of that is like because they only had twelve episodes. Like this is all they could do, you know. Uh, I I don't I'm, know what the version of Decadence looks like with twenty four, but I'm not convinced they would have changed their minds though. Like right. on on anything on any on any major plot point. Just fair. Just like yeah. flush out details more, I guess. Yeah. Which which wouldn't necessarily have been a bad thing either. But I I don't. I don't necessarily think more time equals different outcome. True. Right. I, I just think that maybe more time would have led led, led sorry led to more uh, more nuance, yeah. more like depth. more context. Yeah, more depth. Yeah, like. Yeah. But I mean, hey, 
I'm definitely looking forward to whatever Studio Nut does next. I look forward to saying the word Studio Nut uh-huh. many more times. <laughs> in the well, as they said, uh, fully ya buy or whatever. Yeah, right? Fully yeah, sick. Fully sick. <laughs> ya buy, aka fully sick. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and again, just come, bringing it full circle, the show was good. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the weekly good show, right? Yeah, I, and you know it was uh, it's probably probably just by default the best show we watched this season, right? Yeah, so, I would. Um, it, you know, even if it, it didn't feel like it was living up quite to its ambition, what it actually ended up trying to accomplish, it accomplished well. Yeah, and I think we're just slightly disappointed because it feels like this had the ingredients to be like an all-time great type of show, and. It, it did not uh, rise to that height per se by the end of it. Like I don't know how, I don't know how much I'm gonna remember about decadence ten years from now. You know, sure. like it, yeah. we might say, hey, you guys remember decadence uh, or something like that. But, and I'll uh, and I will say, if I'm still alive in ten years, I'll probably just talk <laughs> about the shit mines. <laughs> if we if we still yeah. if we still have internet and can you communicate in ten years. Uh, <laughs> That will continue to be the, the probably for better or worse the the legacy of of decadence for me will be the shit mines are a metaphor for capitalism. Yeah, Christ. I mean, and and the probably like the the crazy art style. Oh uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, it all probably the, the, that's like, probably the thing that'll stand out in my yeah. brain the most. But you know, ten years from now, but you know, it. Other than that, it's it's just a. a a good show. Yeah. I mean, well, let's be honest, man. Depending on how the rest of this year turns out, Decadence might still end up being. <laughs> by oh, I'm default, sure it'll be in our. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be in our top ten. Just, uh, uh, just, just due to the lack of competition in some regards. Uh, yikes. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be in our top ten. Uh, just due to lack of competition, I don't even know if I could come up with a top five at this point. Uh, hopefully. Well, Doro, Doro, Azokan, it invaded. What else do we need? <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah um all right so i think that's pretty much it um i know we mentioned uh artemis you also finished fruit basket season two but that's coming back right yeah it's coming back for a, a final season uh next year i believe so right so will you be watching that, that? Uh, hmm? as, as are you gonna watch that um Maybe, pro- probably. <laughs> I mean, really, right. what I was trying to get here is, what is your? How did you? Did you feel good enough about Fruits Basket season two to care about season three? But I, I, I cared enough to keep watching it this season because it was good comparatively, like in, like in terms of what else was was there. <laughs> um, I guess it would depend when it came out, like what other anime are airing at the same time. Honestly, um, fair enough. So. Uh, so the one thing I want to try to wrap my brain around, if so, if I remember, did the original Fruit Baskets anime that didn't finish the whole story? It didn't. It only right. um, animated. It was originally, I think, twenty six episodes when right. it came out. Um, just all one season, I think, and it and it was like, I guess the f- I haven't read the manga, so I don't know how many kind of main story arcs there are, but it it finishes. It does not finish on a cliffhanger, but it does not. Um, conclude anything in particular right so so is this kind of thing is this 
new anime past where the old one was at this point yeah yeah it's it's um quite a ways past yeah okay yeah. so that's that's kind of interesting and but... and i i know i don't know what happens at the end exactly but i knew the big the big reveal i knew what that was going to be because it's hard to remain spoiler free when you're talking about a manga right. that started in the late 90s right for 20 years <laughs> right. right um so that's interesting and, and so that big reveal did not happen in the original anime series the, the original never got that far so right. part of the reason i was watching was to see the big reveal and how it was handled exactly right um, which was fine <laughs> it was fine like <laughs> if, if i had to sum up fruits basket like this this anime series i would say fine they're 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 just adapting the material and getting the job done I guess, basically like, again i haven't read the manga so i can't say i can't even say oh they're adap they're adapting it well or that they missed Man, out I, this or i'm glad they put this in or whatever because i just have no idea like i totally forget where i stopped reading fruits basket like yeah i i, I, I forgot gee you have your secret fruits basket history yeah uh, yeah like from... <laughs> i i watched the original anime and then read the manga afterward up till like around you know where it was currently at the time and right yeah. it's a haze dude it's a total haze like that 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 was like it's a long time that was like ago freshman year of high school or think, some shit i you think know? i remember the anime so the 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 first anime so well because it was probably one of the first kind of romantic drama kind of yeah series no, I same watched. same for me that was that was that was what definitely one of the first shoujo i like fruits basket and oran high school occupy like a very specific like deeply lodged like nodule in my brain of like this oh, is how you learned about shoujo right like these, yeah. these those were the shoujo shows like right. those are the ones that it like was, it was like i watched like i watched some like harem shows before that like you know tenshi and whatnot <laughs> yes yes tenshi's the probably there kind of i think it was the first sort of more serious um you know more character driven shows yeah shoujo definitely shows definitely yeah it's just interesting because like how often do you get a a situation like that where they come back 20 years later to finish the uh the anime or whatever yeah. but yeah um i mean fruits basket was a big deal at the time so it was, yeah i mean i don't know the it's, name still has some cachet even now so it's probably still pretty popular um yeah and we talked about we talked about last episode all the other shows from the mid-2000s coming back uh next season too right but, uh, yeah i i might watch i might watch season three um, but I wouldn't, I, I don't know. It's all right. Like, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> a lot of, lot of shows you, this season. It's all right. I, I, I mean, it, you, you made it through season one and two. You're committed now, right? I but, guess, but, uh, I guess so. I guess I would watch it just so I can say I finally finished it and I right, now yeah. know how it ends finally. Right. Because that's the one spoiler I managed to finish. Like, do they break the curse? And and then what like after that like is there going to be an epilogue are they actually going to get the happily ever after are there any major sacrifices along the way all of that i've managed to basically avoid so far in terms of knowing right. what goes down so if i watch season three it would be just so i can say well that's done and i don't have to ever think about it again cool i have finished shows for far worse reasons uh -huh. for far dumber reasons far dumber motivations so yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys continue to watch all the Gundam build shows, right? So. We sure <laughs> do, and we sure will. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that ties a bow on last season. We're on to 
fall 2020 is there anything you know we we did the full podcast last time but just refresher any any shows any of you are looking forward to as we're going in um i think the two that i thought well i'll at least check these out are you know the gymnastics one uh that is Mm -hmm. very desperately trying Uh, to be taiso taiso samurai uh, yuri on ice and Look, man, I really like Sung Ho Park, so I'm definitely going to at least check out uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I saw Crunchyroll tweet some art from that, and it had a fighting panda bear. So yeah, that's a good... like really channeling some of that Tekken energy. Uh, in good that. start on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, hey, I'll-, I'll check that one out too, just because Sung Ho Park deserves the world. So. <laughs> yeah. If you say so. Uh,. Artemis, you were you were actually on. Did you have anything you were looking forward to? Um, also, the Taiso Zamadai Zamadai Zamadai. I don't know. It's, it has a Z here, so I don't know. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw they because it, it didn't before on some of the yeah. sites, and now it does. Um, yeah. So that for sure, I'll be watching. Um, I guess I'll be watching the third season of Osamatsu-san. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'll I'll watch it. Yeah. I, I get. I guess I'm having trouble picking shows that I'm actually looking forward to. There's a bunch of things I'll I'll yeah. check out. But... Okay, Bukuro Westgate Park, which I still don't know exactly what kind of show it's going to be, and I'll watch it for curiosity's sake to find out. I, guess. I mean, Jill, you and I are probably going to have to watch that that rap show, right? Oh, we'll, mean... we'll definitely give that an episode yeah. <laughs> just to. Just to talk about it, but I am not anticipating enjoying that. I at mean, all. we could just watch that to have an excuse to go on like a twenty-minute tangent in the podcast about hip hop. That's not the worst yes. thing in the world. Yeah, that might be what the 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 one benefit out of that one. But yeah, I am not expecting that to be good at all. So. Yeah, Ira, did you have any uh, any to throw on there? Uh, n- not on top of what has already been said. Uh... Aquagaze is probably going to drag us through uh, Adachi and Shimomura, uh, but that that could be good. I'm not yeah. I'm 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 not getting my expectations too I'll, high I'll yet. Give but... the one episode to all of the trashy looking fantasy action shows, and <laughs> you know, in the impossible hope that one is a Bahamut. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. Well. At least with this season, which is diff- being different from last season, there's actually just a higher quantity of shows and sure. a better chance of us finding something that is going to surprise mm-hmm. us. Um, whereas in for the the summer season, it was just like there just well, wasn't any all shows excited being made. for the new June Maeda key PA work show. <laughs> we did this. We did this bit last podcast yeah. already. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. Go, go, yeah, everybody, go back and listen to the last episode one more time before new shows start uh, next week. want to get our June um, Maeda discourse. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I got, like I said, I don't really have anything I'm looking forward to. There's a lot of things I'm going to check out, but, you know, maybe Grand Blues, like I said. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that. <laughs> so, all right. I think that'll do it for this episode mm-hmm. then. So let's do our housekeeping. You can uh, check us out at theglorialblog.com, uh, where we currently have uh, ongoing common Rider coverage, so you can see how much uh, Zig hates that show. Hey, I hate that show, um, too. And I, have you been on the post? I'm not, I, but, uh, but holy okay, moly, yeah. that show sucks. You're, you're, you're going to second that uh, feeling Boy, from Zig on that one. Um, and, of course, we're going to have our first looks coming up 
for the new season probably prior to the next podcast, so keep an eye out for those. You can follow us on Twitter at the Glorio Blog. You can check out the podcast and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and now uh, Amazon Music, which I don't know how that's different from some of the other things. I have to find the link, too. They make it very difficult to find the link, but I'll put that in the post for, you know, the half half a dozen people that actually use Amazon Music. (laughs) And, of course, you can like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, where we will also post the podcast. Um, And that's going to do it. You know, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch everybody next time. Curly the same.